Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out Care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. We all know about the atrocities that were committed by Hamas last October the 7th, which kicked off a vicious war as Israel is defending itself from terrorists on every side. The toll on the Israeli people is staggering and massive. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been forced from their homes. Well, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, IFCJ, is right there in the middle of all of it every single day. They're distributing critical essentials like food, medicine, and emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering Jews. They need your help. And that's why I'm partnering with IFCJ right now. Visit supportifcj.org to help. Every donation is urgently needed to help the people of Israel. To give to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, please go now to supportifcj.org and give as generously as you can. Now, the most important part is your gift will be matched to double its impact and help provide twice the support. Again, visit supportifcj.org, supportifcj.org right now. Thank you, and God bless you. The Biden campaign had promised that there would be gun control. They promised they were going to do something significant. We now finally know exactly what that looks like. And it's far more extreme than anything that was mentioned during the campaign by any of the candidates, including Beto. Remember when Beto said, hell yeah, I'm going to take your AR-15? Oh, this goes way further than that. This gun control bill that has come out from an African-American woman on purpose, that's how they wanted the face of this to be, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. They also made sure she came from Texas, right? Because if you're from Texas, there would be more credibility to what she's saying when it comes to the issue of guns and some liberal from California. So they're taking the Texas face of people like Beto and Sheila Jackson Lee, and they're saying, all right, well, this is, this is God's country, and even we know there's a problem. So what is in this bill? Oh, it's a doozy, folks. Sheila Jackson Lee's bill now would create a national firearm registry. You may have heard about a registry before. It means that you'd have to go to the federal government, and you'd have to register every firearm that you have with them, any firearm you bought from somebody else, any firearm... Uh, that was given to you by a family member that you inherited, right? Any any firearm that you inherit, anything that you have that that, that you got through the years, doesn't matter what it really is, you're, that's, that's what you're going to get. And if you don't do it, you would immediately be a felon. Now, they could come in this new bill and they could do home inspections, as they call it. They could do inspections of your safe. They could... Uh, decide to come in and, and, and tobacco uh, and firearms bureau, they could come in and just say, hey, we want to see everything because we heard you inherited some guns, right? Dot, dot, dot. In fact, they could see what guns are registered to someone who's 
dead or who died that is connected to you and your family, like your dad or your brother or your uncle, your mom, you get my point. And they could say, hey, we're looking for these firearms. Do you have them? And if you say, no, I don't have them, and they do a search warrant, they could then take away your right to own guns forever, and you would then be a convicted felon and go to prison. That's part one of this bill. And actually, that's not the scariest part of this bill. That's just like the basic bare minimum. The second part of this bill is the part that is a complete violation of our Second Amendment rights. The second part of this Democrat bill would require licensing to own a firearm. The bill, in fact, would make it a crime to possess a firearm or ammunition without a new license. Now, here is the false narrative that you're going to hear from the left as they sell this to you. They're going to say a license is very normal. An ID is very normal. We just want to know who has the right to have these guns and who doesn't so we can so that we can tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys. And getting a license is not really a big deal. That's what they'll also tell you. Getting a license is really not a big issue at all. You have a license to drive a car. We are used to getting licenses in this country to do things that have that, that, that are responsible. And we allow people to have a car, right? We allow people to drive a car. But you have to make sure that you're proficient before we allow you to go out there, which could be a deadly weapon. That's the logic they're going to use. The only difference, and, and people need to understand how to fight back against this argument, because this is the argument that they are going to use. Okay, the, the argument that they're going to use is that, and this is where you need, to, you need to push back. Driving is not a right and never has been a right in this country. Driving is a privilege. You have the right to walk. You have the right to get on a train. You have the right to get a horse and buggy. It is a privilege to drive. It is not a right. It's not a right that's protected in the Constitution. And many times people don't understand this, but when you hear people say, well, we, you should have this, right? You should, you should have this because dot, dot, dot. You do it with driving. Driving is a privilege, not a right. It's never been a right. It's a privilege. It's a privilege that can be revoked. It's a privilege that they can take away from you if you don't abide by the rules. It is not protected in any capacity by the Constitution. Back to the Second Amendment for a second. The Second Amendment and what the Second Amendment says is very clear. Our founding fathers made it abundantly clear. You have the right to protect and defend yourself. And not only that, you have the right to have a well-regulated militia being necessary to secure for the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. They put that in there for a reason. They, they said, you know what? We need, to, we need to, like, really make it clear that these rights shall not be infringed upon. You, and if something is a right, it's not a privilege. It's a right. And if you look at what our Second Amendment actually says, it says we have the right to a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state. They want us to be free people. They didn't want a government to come in and, and be able to take away our rights and silence us. And to dominate us, that's what they were leaving in the UK, in Britain. It's the right of the people to keep and bear arms, and it shall not be infringed. Very simple, very short. The Second Amendment was part of the Bill of Rights. It was added to the Constitution in 1791. The amendment was protecting the rights of the citizens to bear those arms or own weapons, such as guns, that they think will help prevent... 
a government from overpowering the people. It's very clear. Shall not be infringed. Back to what the Democrats are now proposing. This bill would make it a crime to possess a firearm or ammunition without a new license. It would create a national firearm registry. It would create a list, a government list of here's who has the guns and here's who we need to take the guns away from if there is a problem. That's what a national registry is. This is no different, in my opinion, than saying you got to register based on your religion. Hey, Jews, sign up. You must register as a Jew. It's the same type of thing. Hey, gun owners, you must register as a gun owner all of your guns so we know everything that we you have so we can take it away from you one day. It also does something else. It does an arbitrary number. This would set a minimum gun ownership age of 21. That's not all. It would also require licensing and a psychological evaluation The proposed Firearm Licensing and Registration Act also would make it a crime not only to possess a firearm or ammunition without having the new government license, but it also does something else. If you decide to sell to someone who doesn't have the license, ammunition, or a firearm, you're now a felon and lose your right to have firearms ever. Now, this bill is named for an exchange student from Pakistan who died in the Texas school shooting back in 2018. So let's make sure we use the children to push our political agenda. It also requires gun owners have to have an insurance policy. This is another way to make it impossible for the average American to own a gun. How much would this insurance policy cost? We're still trying to figure that out. I called this afternoon some insurance people that I know. I said, all right, walk me through this. I have car insurance, right? I have, if you have a boat, you have boat insurance. You have a plane, you have plane insurance, right? If you have a business, you have business insurance. The list goes on and on. I mean, they'll insure pretty much anything. I said, what is it going to cost me to get gun insurance? Like, what, what does that cost? How much, how much is that going to cost me? And I got the same response from three different people that I talked to. I'm going to read you one of the text messages. I sent this this morning right when this broke to a guy that has insurance. He goes, what are you, what are you talking about? I said, they just proposed having gun insurance. What do you think that would cost? More than you could pay. And I wrote back, why? There's not enough money for the insurance companies in this type of insurance because if you shoot somebody, they know they're going to get sued automatically. We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars probably at the bare minimum. He then says, as a gun guy... This is nothing more than a way to make sure that no one can afford to own the guns they currently have in their possession, which means they'll have to sell them to the government or somebody else. The other two said the same exact thing. The, the other two people that, I, that contacted in the insurance business, the same thing. You won't be able to afford the insurance to have this. And, and, and then I would assume that you would have to add to your insurance policy every new gun that you have or every gun that you have. Well, certain guns are going to be too expensive for you to own. An example of that would be, you guessed it, an AR-15 or an AK-47, or really any semi-automatic rifle. It's going to be more expensive for you to own those because the risk goes up. I'm sure they're thinking for them. More bullets, higher capacity magazines, the list goes on and on. And the higher powerful, the more powerful a gun is, I'm sure they're going to say the more it's going to cost you. 
So, yeah, you may be able to handle the insurance to have a revolver, but you're not going to have a gun collection, folks. You might have one deer rifle. You might have one shotgun, but the idea that you're going to be able to collect firearms or have multiple firearms, that's gone under this proposal. You can't afford the insurance, which is another way of them shutting you down, right? This is this is about doing everything that we can do to make it where you can't own a firearm because you can't afford it. So you're going to have to pay for an insurance. You're going to have to have a license. Who the hell knows how much that's going to cost? You're going to have to register every gun with us that you own. Oh, and there's something else. They also want to ban certain types of ammunition, this bill would ban ammunition of 50 caliber or greater. So my 50 caliber ammunition that I have right now is apparently would be against the law under this new proposal. The only people that would be allowed to have this would be law enforcement and a limited range of security personnel. That's also not all that this bill does. It keeps going. The bill will give or would give the U.S. Attorney General jurisdiction over licensing through the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Gun owners would also have to complete a government training course. So now i got to take a training course for the guns I already have. For my Second Amendment right, that the right to bear arms that shall not be infringed upon, the Democrats are now saying, no, 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 no. Not only do you have to register your weapons, that's phase one, you got to get a license from us, that's phase two. Then you've got to get a get rid of all the guns that we say you can't have, and then we're going to make you get insurance to get the other guns that we that you want, and then you're going to have to have a training course, a government training course, so that we really know who you are, and you got to register for that training course. That training course is going to be everything. That training course you're going to be, is going to be very, very, very important. So we're going to know you five million ways to Sunday. Right, you're going to have a training course, number one. Insurance policy, number two. Registry, number three. And a license from the government, number four. And they're still not done, by the way. This is, this is just the beginning of the bill. you got to complete the government training course, have a clean record they also say and we don't know what that means yet does that mean that a misdemeanor or is it only felonies because right now if you're a convicted felon you can't own a gun we, we know that right right now you've got to if you're a convicted felon and i'm fine with this you, you can't own a gun very hard to get your gun rights back after you're a convicted felon which which again i think is probably okay i i'm actually get it like i understand it well, now there's no indication that it's just going to be that. There, there, there's, there's no indication at all it's only going to be that. Law enforcement, this registry, after you have a clean record, you got to register all of your firearms to the federal government, and then you'll pay a tax on those firearms, each and every one of them. Then you got to have insurance on each and every one of those firearms. The registry information would be available, they say, to law enforcement and to local and federal levels, as well as the U.S. military. So everybody will know what you have, where it is, your insurance policy on it. And if you screw up any of this crap, it's over. Game over, you're done. 
You think antique guns are safe? No, we're going to regulate those now even more than ever before. So you'll, so we can get rid of people displaying weapons and displaying firearms because that indoctrinates people to think firearms are normal. We want to make we want to make firearms non-existent. We want to make firearms disappear. We want to make firearms not be normalized. So if you've got antique firearms that you want to display, we've got a rule for that. They would now require a federal firearms license. An FFL for you to display antique firearms, which is extremely expensive and comes with a ton of regulation. It means they can come into your house and check on those guns at any point, anytime, unannounced. And another additional license under the proposed new law. We don't even know what that other license is. It just says another license. So you got an antique gun over your mantle? Get ready because the FFL is coming. The federal firearms license we're going to make it where it's so expensive you can't have any of this crap you can't and and part of what this is is to make sure that you don't inherit weapons know that understand that this is about making sure that you do not inherit any weapons you can't inherit weapons folks weapons are something that once someone dies we'll make it so expensive for you to get those weapons, that those weapons will just take them out of society because you'll be forced to destroy them or sell them or do something with them, which means you don't have them. That is what this is. Why would you go after antique guns more than any other category of gun in regulating these guns? Seriously, why would you do that? The only reason why you do that is because you want to make sure that Grandpa can't leave his guns. You want to make sure that grandma can't leave her guns. You want to make sure that your dad can't leave his guns to his kids. We'll we'll deem them as in the category of antique. So this idea that we're going to hand down, right? The idea that you're going to, the idea that you're going to, we're going to, we're going to give you hand-me-down guns. Nope. You got to register them and they got to be antiques and you got to have a license to get them. Dad dies, you get in the guns. Hold on a second. You got to get a license. You got to do the background check. You got to get an FFL. You got to have an insurance policy. And the government can come in and check out these guns whenever we want you to check out these guns. Welcome to America under the Biden administration. This is now what they're doing. And I'm not done yet. The worst part of this bill, I haven't even mentioned yet. There's another part of this bill that they have done to make sure that they can take away your right to own a gun whenever the hell they want to. Not only are they, you know, with his antique firearms, that you got to have a federal firearms license, an FFL, and an additional license to even display antique firearms at your business or your home, which would also, I have a feeling, is their way of making sure that you don't inherit guns from your family members. Because if they deem them to be antiques, if you're inheriting them, then you're going to have to get all these licenses that you can't afford. But that's not the worst part of the bill. You want to know what the worst part of the bill actually is? In the bill, it says, quote, anyone who has ever been hospitalized due to mental illness, drug or alcohol abuse, homicidal or suicidal thoughts, or a brain disease would not be eligible to obtain a firearm license. So you lose your right to own a a firearm if you've ever dealt with a mental health illness. Drug or alcohol abuse. You may have been an alcoholic coming out of college 
right? And at 23, your parents are 22 or 20 or 19, they three in rehab, and you're 45 years old now. You've been sober for longer than you were alive at the time when you were an alcoholic. You would automatically lose your right to own a gun based on this new law. Maybe you dealt with a really stressful time in your life, a mental illness aspect of life. Maybe you deal with PTSD and you've, su- and, and you've sought out to get help. You would lose your right to own a gun. What if you deal with PTSD? What if you have been declared that you have mental health issues and you served your, as a man or woman in the military? Now you can't have a gun even though we trained you how to use that gun and went to war and killed terrorists? That's exactly what this law would do. Anyone who's ever been hospitalized, their words, due to mental illness, drug or alcohol abuse, homicidal or suicidal thoughts, or a brain disease, would not be eligible to obtain a firearms license, meaning you don't have the right to own a gun in America any longer. Let's talk about PTSD for just a second. There are many men and women in law enforcement. There are many men and women in the military that when they deal with these incredibly dangerous situations, come back from those situations and deal with PTSD. Does that mean that they shouldn't be allowed to continue their job? Does that mean they shouldn't be allowed to seek mental health? We, I've been saying this for a long time. I have an incredible amount of compassion for those that deal with mental health issues. My best friend committed suicide right out of college. He deserved to have the right to own a gun, by the way, to protect and defend himself. The idea that if he would have gone to see a therapist instead of taking his own life, that that meant he would give up his ability to protect and defend himself and have a firearm or go hunting is insane. It's also inhumane. We're trying to get rid of the stigma in this country that seeking mental health support, right? Seeking mental health support is... It is no. We're trying to get rid of that stigma that means, oh, something's wrong with you. Well, this bill just says, hey, don't go seek mental health support and advice and counseling. Because if you do and they write your name down, you're going to lose your license, your federal firearms license. And you won't be able to protect and defend your family. So people are going to internalize and they're going to not deal with their mental health issues. That's not all. The psychological evaluation process of the government to get a gun, to get a license, would also take into account the psychological condition of other members of the licensee's household, current and former spouses, relatives and associates. So the government can say, while you're getting your license to keep the guns that you currently have or buy a new gun, that they and they're going to have a psychological evaluation process. It would take a family history, a friend history, an associate's history, a ex-wife's or ex-husband's history, and relatives' history of their mental health, and you can lose your right to own a gun because of your association with them, even if it's someone you don't talk to anymore. Let's say you were married 25 years ago, and maybe you got a divorce because your husband or wife had a had mental health issues that or they were abusive. Or they had an addiction problem. What, whatever the reason is, right? You hadn't talked to that person in 20 years, 30 years. You remarried. You've got kids that are adults now in your new marriage. What they're now saying is that that association with that person, they can then disqualify you 
from owning a firearm to having the license that you need to own a firearm. So you go in and they go, oh, you got a cousin that's crazy. You got a cousin that went to rehab. Sorry. You got an ex, you got an ex-husband, ex-wife that's, that's crazy. Sorry. It's gone. See you later. It's over. You can't have it. Oh, we see here that you were an alcoholic when you were 19 years old and your parents threw you in rehab. Yeah, I'm 58 now. I hadn't touched alcohol in 30 years. Doesn't matter. You just lost your right to protect and defend yourself. What this means, make no mistake about it, is the government knows that you are connected to someone that's dealt with a substance abuse problem or a mental health problem at some point in your life. And it could be an associate. Well, there's no way you don't know somebody that's dealt with mental health issues. I'm saying right here on the radio, I know multiple people that I know well that have dealt with mental health issues. That can disqualify me from owning a gun? I'll go back to reading the bill. Based on what the bill says, absolutely. Quote, the psychological evaluation process of you to have the right to have a gun would also take into account the psychological conditions of other members of the licensee's household, current and former spouses, relatives, and associates. H.R. 127 is the name of this bill. That may be cited as the Sabika Saik Firearm Licensing and Registration Act. The Attorney General through the Bureau of Tobacco Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives shall establish a system, this is the exact wording of the bill, for licensing the possession of firearms or ammunition in the United States and for the registration of the Bureau of each firearm present in the United States. Under the firearm registration system, the owner of the firearm shall transmit to the Bureau the make, model, and serial number of the firearm. The identity of the owner of the firearm, the date the firearm was acquired by the owner, and where the firearm is or will be stored, and a notice specifying the identity of any person whom at any period of time during which the firearm will be loaned to the person. Deadline for supplying the information, the bill says. The transmission required by paragraph 1 shall be made. In the case of a firearm acquired before the effective date of the section, you have three months after the effective date of this section or in the case of a firearm acquired on or after the effective date on the date the owner acquires the firearm. As for the database, the Attorney General shall establish and maintain a database of all firearms registered pursuant to the subsection. The Attorney General shall make the content of the database accessible to all members of the public. Let me say that again. The Attorney General shall make the contents of the database accessible to all members of the public, all federal, state, and local law enforcement authorities, all branches of the United States Armed Forces, and all state and local governments as defined by the Bureau. So everybody will know every gun that you have in our government, period, and it looks like society in general. That's a shaming list. Everything... Everything... Everything in this database, all federal, state, and local law enforcement authorities, all branches of the United States Armed Forces, everybody will know the guns that you have. The Attorney General shall issue it to an individual a license to possess a firearm and ammunition 
if the individual has attained 21 years of age after applying for the license, undergoes a criminal background check conducted by the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. And the check does not indicate the possession of a firearm by the individual would violate subsection blah, 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 blah. And here's the part that everybody needs to realize how, how much they're trying to make this impossible. You have to undergo a psychological evaluation conducted in accordance with paragraph two. And the evaluation does not indicate that the individual is psychologically unsuited to possess a firearm and successfully completes a training course certified by the attorney general in the use, safety and storage of the firearm and include at least 24 hours of training. Oh, well, that's new and demonstrates on Assurance of the license, the individual will have an effect in an effect an insurance policy issued under the subsection. So insurance policy, 24 hours of training, the list goes on and on. I thought the Constitution said shall not be infringed. Welcome to the Democratic Party in this country right now. This is how psycho they are. They want to make sure that you cannot protect and defend yourself and you sure, certainly can't stand up to their government. And I'll leave it at that. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extrahelp extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.